God, I have hit record. Um, so the the title of this webinar is Trading the Fall Season. We want to talk about how, just kind of how we're looking at things for October and November, because the way things have been happening with regard to the lack of volatility, you can already see that volatility starting to expand. And there are some things happening under the surface that are telling us that it's going to be a really nice, um, a really nice trader type market um, uh, uh, for the fall, at least into the holiday season. So trading the fall season, let me get this out of the way. Okay, trading futures, options on futures can be very no bueno. You can lose all your money and then some. So be careful, respect risk, and try not to do that, okay? Um, so what I've got up here right now is, uh, this is the live chart that we use during the course of the day. On the right side is, is, is the E-mini, on the left side is, is the NASDAQ. You can see the chat scroll there. Uh, for anybody that, that has not been inside the chat room, this is what we broadcast on GoToWebinar throughout the course of the day, along with myself, Tony, uh, and Jack. So uh, Jack, Tony, are you there? Why don't you introduce yourselves and then we'll dive right into the mini. Hi, hey guys. this is Jack. Uh, go ahead, Jack. No, you, you first, Tony. All right, hey guys, uh, Tony Rago. I handle all of the NQ content, the NASDAQ E-mini, uh, based on the live chart that you see. And we're gonna go over the strategy that I use to not only develop that chart, but how we use it through the course of the day to uh, to harvest handles. So welcome everybody. Uh, very stoked that you are all here. Go ahead, Jack. Yep. Um, this is Jack. Um, obviously, I, I I write off chart channels and patterns and so on. Um, I tend to handle the signals, trend lines, um, and intraday patterns. So I mean, you see the three of us individually on Twitter and and in different places all over the web. But what a lot of people don't know is that during the mar during the course of the market, the three of us are together on here all day long. This is what we do, and uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun for us, and it adds a lot of value for our folks. So let's dive right in. Let's do the mini. Uh, let's talk about. Let's just do the five minute chart. We'll talk about today, and then we will expand out from there. So five minute chart. One of the things we like to look at is the weekly pivot, okay? Um, all the stuff I put out, the videos I do in the morning, the updates that I do during the course of the day uh, tend to talk about weekly pivot, monthly pivot. And the reason I do that is the weekly pivot, I would say for the last two to two and a half, going on three years now, I would say, maybe even longer if you go back to the ramp up market of 2013. So probably, you know, since 2013, the weekly pivot has been the best barometer of who controls the market during the course of any particular week. And what you've seen in the last month or so during the course of the uptrend is you've seen Monday and Tuesday, you've seen consistent tests from up above of the weekly pivot. And actually, let's grab an hourly chart. This is the one I post every morning. And the bills have been winning those tests, and they, uh, that tends to um, remain the case for most, most of the rest of the week, or all of it. Hang on here. Where's that hourly chart? Okay, let me do this. This is the hourly chart that I post every morning on the web. Here's the weekly pivot for this week. 
Here's the weekly pivot for last week. You can see that price, don't worry about the writing, price spent the majority of its time up above it. And you can see we finished near the highs of the week. You go back to the week before, right here at 58.06. Early week, establishes support, we end near the highs. You can see a pattern here. That back three weeks ago, we were doing tests of it, the bears couldn't convert it. The one thing that I see this week that's a little bit different, and maybe the first potential signpost that we're gonna get more of a two-way trade. And I wanna make a distinction here between a more two-way trade versus we're calling a top, there's gonna be Wiley Coyote off a cliff, and down we go, and the great glorious pullback that everybody is waiting so long for is finally upon us. The what one that might describe as the bear rapture. Yes, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a tape that provides, you know, anywhere from eight to 15 handles of range a day where you can get your work done. Because the, the only stated goal we have in our chat room is we try to do four handles a day on average throughout the course of the week. Four handles, four, one, two, three, four. Not eight, not 10, not 12. If you're, if you're putting those kinds of burdens on yourself as a trader, you could be doing six handles a day outperforming 99% of the people that are doing the same thing that you're doing all around the world and sit at your desk and think that you're a complete failure because you've set such a ridiculous target for yourself that it's completely unachievable on a, on a, on a, on a regular basis. We find that with the four handles, it provides a lot more consistency. You build your account slowly. You build your confidence along with your account. And in comp with, with the confidence, it allows you to do you know, more than four handles over time. So, but what I'm seeing is more of a inverse this week. Here's weekly pivot at 2499.66, locked up with the round number. Here's Sunday night. They tried to take out the pre-FOMC price on Sunday night at 2504, couldn't get it done. Down, weekly pivot holds here, weekly pivot holds today, and we have now spent two sessions below weekly pivot to begin the week. It's been a long time where I can sit here and say, we were just talking about it in the room, it's a long time. It's been a long time since I can say that the first two days of the week is um, potentially setting up in favor of the bears for something a little more directional towards the end of the week. Usually that favors the bulls. So does that mean we're getting more of a two-sided market? That in and of itself doesn't prove anything. But when weekly pivot wants to be resistance more than it wants to be support, that's always a slight advantage to the bear side. So as you get into the five minute chart for today, make this big. Okay, here's 9.30 in the morning. They can't take out weekly pivot. They give a really nice push down. We do some 92s. Now, who's won this market the last five years, right? The dip buyer, right? The dip buyer. You're um, into like it's, it's, it's eight years. Yeah, I mean, the dip <laughs> buyers come in, and the, the reason they're dip buyers is because every time they come in and buy the dip, they get paid. So this is a collection of people that have no fear. I'm typically one of them, and I generally don't have any fear when I do this, and why should I? Because we tend to get paid. So the dip buyer is not going to go away just because we've seen resistance at weekly pivot for a couple of days or even a couple of weeks. So they've been coming in every day and buying these dips. 
So here's Monday, 85, higher low at 86, off we go. They can't convert weekly pivot though, so back down we go, uh, higher low, up, they push back, they come in again at 93 half on the close. So this is what I mean by a two-sided market. I really believe that over the next two to three months, we could see a market where we would be in sell rallies mode with very sellable rallies. Mike? <clears throat> Mike? Yeah, I think we lost, uh, we might have lost him. Uh, unfortunately, Lose my mic there for a second? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm back. See that. Okay. What I was going to say was you, you could get a market where you could have rally sells, but you're also going to get violent dip buys. So that's that's a trader's paradise, okay? Um, that gives you nice big ranges. It gives you, you know, everything, you know, that, that you want as a trader. And where do we go directionally during that time? We may not really go anywhere, um, and that's okay because it gives you enough, you know, it gives you enough room to be able to trade. Uh, you know, part of the part of the issue with hanging around at all time highs for a month is uh, it makes you look at where the where the next move is going to be. Everything ultimately kind of, and I'm going to give the floor to Jack here for a minute after I make this last point. Ultimately, my reversion area is always the daily mid band. So let's talk about the daily chart real quick. And I'll, then I'll give the screen to Jack and he can talk about some of the stuff that he's looking at. This green line here, the daily mid band, is always the reversion point for me. The ES over the course of ever since it's been the ES is traded from the upper band to the middle band to the lower band. Lower band, middle band, upper band, that's just how it goes. Sometimes the Bollinger Bands get tight. When they do, it looks like this. And then you get directional. Okay, but you see lower band, middle band, upper band. So what's next, guys? Middle band. They tried it yesterday. You can see it coming up to meet it more as a function of time than a function of price because we've been pretty much flatlined here for the last 10 sessions. But in October, you're going to get a test of the daily mid band. How that test reacts is going to be not completely determinative, but it's going to have a whole heck of a lot to do with who controls the market for the fall. The fact that we are getting more resistance than support at the weekly pivot for the last couple of days tells me that the bears at least have a fighting chance when we get down there. And if we do, then we could have, you know, it, it looks like sell rallies looks like this. You go down, you go to the mid band, you sell the rally, you go back, you sell the rally, and then eventually the bears blow up because they're the bears. But after this ramp, if we see consistent resistance here, nine-day simple moving average, weekly pivot, then we're going to get this move back to the green line, and the bears are going to have to do a better job than they, did, than they did the last few times. One of the things I pointed out to our members was, why are we up here at 2507? Because we tested the 100-day exponential moving average once, twice, and it was support. Then we tested the 50-day once, twice, and it was support. And then, you know, it's off to the races. All right, Jack, I'll let you uh, I'll let you come on in here. Talk right. about the mini. Let me give you the screen. So I hope that I hope that's helpful, guys. That's just some of my just after the close. That's just some of my thoughts on where we stand right now. All right, Jack.
All right, there you go. All right, got it. Yeah. Okay, just checking that everyone's seeing what I'm saying. All right, cool. Now, where are we? I just want to talk about um, where we are today because today was an interesting day. We were kicking around. We were testing resistance a bit. And I just want to talk about the options for the rest of the week because uh, Mike was saying earlier that um, the weekly pivot was holding so far, but obviously, you know, sometimes it will resolve up. It may well resolve up this time. Um, I'll show you why. This is something I noticed last night on the um, NQ. I'm always looking around for potential trend lines being established, and this one is a beauty. Lovely anchor there, goes through there. This is a potential, um, this is from this morning, so obviously we've gone up a bit from here and we've tested the main resistance. I'll explain why that's main resistance too. But um, this is a potential falling megaphone support trend line. Um, this would be the resistance trend line, and overall, if seen, um, this would be a bull flag. Um, looking for at least a retest of the high at 6025. Now, what I was talking about this morning, and we respected it all day, was that main resistance is at monthly pivot. Why is it there? One, um, it was support, um, we broke below it, and this is the point where we um, backtest it from below and we check whether it's resistance. Now, we did backtest it this morning, and it was resistance, but we haven't, we haven't rejected from there yet, and we may not, because we've got declining resistance here. Um, there is a case. We're on a, a weak buy signal. There is a case for a breakup here, and if we do see a break in conversion of this back to support, and chances are we're going to test weekly pivot, and chances are that's going to break, and we may well do the high. How does that look on SPX? Well... <clears throat> Sorry. Um, this is a bigger picture chart. It's going back several months, so I tend to use the RTH charts for that because otherwise it messes around with the trend lines of the roll. So here, what have you got? And this is something that makes me, this is one reason I don't like the current high particularly. We didn't hit this trend line. Um, this is the main resistance trend line for the rising wedge that started in November last year. And the it's a, it's a decent trend line, and the next move was to hit it. Um, and we haven't hit that yet. Now, Stan's saying that if we go up and retest the high, chances are we're going to run up further to 25.20. That's where that trend line is, pretty much, or at least it'll be a match tomorrow. Um, so I'm thinking we may break and go and do that. Now, this shorter-term rising wedge has broken down. We're probably in some kind of a topping process. I'm not really expecting anything higher than that before we return to test the, um, the rising wedge support, but I think that's, that's a valid target, and NQ is telling us there's a chance of that happening. Um, so if the weekly pivot is lost and converted to support tomorrow, um, then chances are that's that's exactly what's happening. It's um, what is the other case here? Well, let's have a look at the NDX 60-minute chart. This is, and this has been building. I've been talking about this. I mean, I've been mentioning this in the room for what is it? Three weeks? Two weeks? Um, a while. As we've been as we've been forming this and on chart chats and um, and everything. When we look at NQ and NDX, I'm talking about the nested double top forming here. And came up here, retested like a champ. This is a beautiful double top on um, both this level, which is the larger one, and this level, which is the smaller one. Now we've broken down, and at the moment we're seeing whether or not this is just a back test of the broken um, um, support trend line, in which case we go down. Um, and we go down to a very logical area. This is a beautiful Fibonacci top. 
Um, we'd head down to this support here, um, which is in the 5750 area, and on the breakdown from the larger double top, um, that delivers um, 5500 area, which is um, pretty much perfectly a 38.2% um, Fib retracement of this rising wedge from November 2016. This is a really, really nice top. I've been, I've been watching this form. I think I've been talking about it. Must be back into August. Um, about this forming and then the retracement and the retracement of course is 50% um, um, gets us back which is the perfect setup for a double top. This has a real shot and this could give us a very very interesting um, next month or two because not for two reasons. One, um, we get the decline and two, we then get a really nice buying opportunity to take it all the way back up again which is likely what's going to happen. Um, so this is very interesting. Been watching this today um, before the open. Um, we were looking at 59.20, and I was saying that was the key resistance area that needed to hold. That's held, um, but it hasn't rejected from there so far. Um, if it rejects tomorrow, then we may be starting to play this out already. NQ is far the weakest of the three indices that I tend to watch, which are ES, um, ES, NQ, and TF. Um, and this has been leading the way down and if it's going to if it's going to fail around here um, then we head straight down and it's not the bear apocalypse but we're going to see a, a bearish tilted market probably for weeks to come um, possibly for months um, but we have to see how it goes and of course um, when we get to this double top support here we have to break it um, and that needs to be converted to resistance as well there's always the option of it going the other way and going back up but this is a really really nice topping setup and it's been building for a while. It is delivered really, really high quality um, double tops here. I think this is going to deliver. The only question in my mind is whether we're going to see another retest of the high first, and we could do. Right, RUT, I just wanted to mention in passing. RUT is the one that's still making all-time highs. This is actually weakening the case, I think, for a retest of the high on the others, um, because this is already a beautiful double top here. Um, so what are we looking at intraday? Um, what are the things to look at intraday? Well, we've got the weekly pivot, obviously. Um, but another thing to mention, this is something I mentioned quite a lot in my posts and um, chart chats and so on. Um, and we do a free chart chat once a month, which um, some of you would watch. What are you looking at as the main um, short-term trend resistance and support? You're looking at the 50-hour moving average. Where was the high today? That was there. Um, that is the level which, short term, the bears need to, I mean, the weekly pivots are very important as well, um, and these are, it's not coincidentally, pretty much at, about, at the same level. This is this is a level which the bear, bulls need to break over and convert to support to do another leg up. Um, as long as we continue to fail there, um, it fails down. And the next obvious target is this rising wedge support here. All right, um, great. What next, Mike? Thanks, Jack. Well, while we're talking about NQ, Tony, do you want to hop in and just go for it? And we'll walk through NQ, and then we'll get into a few things, and then we can... Uh, uh, now, if you guys have questions about anything that I've talked about or Jack talked about, just go ahead and throw them in there on the question also, panel, and we'll go also, through them at the end. Also, if you've got questions on any instruments afterwards, um, sure. whether or not it's covered here, oil, bonds, whatever, I'd be quite happy to talk about any of those. Absolutely. All right, shall I throw it to Tony? Yeah, go ahead and throw it to Tony. Tony, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, throw it on. Yep. You're on. Okay. So uh, I am going to be talking about NQ more, more so on the intraday basis, but what you see on your chart or on your uh, screen is the daily. And the NQ, uh, I've created a strategy to day trade this thing based on actionable levels, 
but more importantly, being able to identify risk. However, and before we get into the intraday chart, I like to look at the daily in terms of the only thing on the, on the, uh, the lines here are on round numbers. So the 6,000, 5950, 5900, 5850, et cetera, et cetera. And you can see where resistance is, is found where support is found. So I look at this in a very simple way. I mean, as long as the 59 or 5850 is gonna hold, we're gonna seek the 5900. And I call these roundies, right? So today we close below the 5900, right? So what that does is it opens up the potential for this 5850 to get a test. Now, how do we put this all together? I subscribe to the notion that the longer time frame is what owns the trend. Right here we have from our high, obviously we couldn't even do a matching high, but we've got lower highs and now lower lows. So the bears are actually able to put a couple days together. Although they, what I would say um, actually Tony is, um, it didn't do a high high on NQ, but it did do one on NDX. Interesting. Yeah. So here's how we do it. You know, and again, back to in the same vein that Mike was talking about, you know, for a day on the ES, what I try to do is walk our members through actionable ideas to capture 10 handles on a full position on any given day. So depending on what type of trader you are, a, a two lot, three lot, five lot, whatever the case may be, we use it, we use, we trade based on this chart. Very simple, okay? And I'm just gonna give you guys kind of a quick blush on the strategy itself. I utilize the yellow lines, what I call spots, as entries, right? So let me just take this off. This is a reference to the roundy, by the way. Take this off real quick. So for us being day traders, and especially with an instrument like the futures, I mean, very highly leveraged instrument, right? So there's been this you know, statistic out there that 90% of all day traders fail. So the odds are stacked against us. We need an edge in this market period. That's why if we are using spots as entries, we can always, always identify risk in the trade. Very simply put, I trade this chart like just one big support and resistance table, right? I mean, look at, look at where we're failing. Look at where they bounce, right? So the bottom line is in, in respect to a support and resistance table, I just like to buy them when they're tested from above, like here, like here, and I like to sell them when they're tested from below. But the entire entry is dependent on identifying risk in the trade. Here, for instance, okay, we get a nice ripper right out of the gate from the 96 spot into the 06. Can I identify risk? Absolutely, I put the trade on, Here's how I do it. I put my entire position on at entry. Let's just call it a three lot trade. So I'm short three lots right here at 06. I'm using the 12 as a marker. It's not a hard stop. I'm watching price around it, okay? This just happens to be our RTH high. When, the, when price starts to come my way, I will peel pieces off of my position. And once a marker breaks right here, for instance, from this spot, when we get a two minute bar that closes below, or uh, yeah, below this marker that is supporting the long trade, then we open this spot for a test. And then I can obviously take my runners, middles, however you trade, we can book it. 
the bottom line is we have areas to take action we have areas to watch in terms of price we don't necessarily use a hard stop there the only time that i employ a hard stop is when i'm protecting profit so once i have risk out of the trade i go even stop okay and then i'm the stress is out of the trade i can no longer lose money in that trade and i simply watch price develop once a marker breaks the logical target becomes the spot below and here for instance on a retest of the same level that got us short in the morning we can measure the high of the day the marker's still the same we can even wait for further confirmation of a lower high before getting involved in the short and as long as price maintains lower highs and we can get this lower low back through the, the uh, marker then we get we get a look like this okay I mean it's really and again we're not trying to be in every single trade if if you're a day trader any kind of trader right if you're just a trader that that tries to take intraday setups you have to have a plan and back to what Mike was saying it's got to be a feasible plan it's got to be something that you can hit five days a week right it's not this daunting task like oh man I got to make five grand this week I've got to make a grand a day you know you're setting yourself up for failure have something that's attainable when was the last time you made a grand a day three days in a row bring it back have something feasible call it 10 handles period right you hit that three or four days in a row and then bump up the the goal to something that is feasible right but to sit here and think that you're just going to hit it out of the park NQ pays 20 bucks a handle per contract so to generate a thousand dollars out of this market you got to capture 50 handles now NQ typically has the range to do so but I'm not signing up for that I'm gonna take trades as they set up and when I have a full day done according to my plan I stop trading I stop risking capital I stop risking mental capital because it's always that next trade after your quote-unquote day done that it's gonna give you issues but as you can see and I'm gonna hand it back over to Mike as you can see this thing sets up all day long as long as we're using spots as entries we can always identify risk in the trade no matter what so if you guys are interested in learning this strategy come spend some time with me I call these trades live in the room all day long with Mike he calls the ES uh, live trades I call the NQ live trades and we sit back and harvest handles and you know honestly we we have a great time doing it guys so uh, if you're on the fence considering coming over to Princeton Trader and uh, and and trying to uh, trade with us, please come on, come aboard. You guys take it away, Mike, or if anybody has any questions, I can sit here. It doesn't matter. Actually, there was just one thing I wanted to say, just following up on what you were saying about unrealistic targets. The, the biggest problem with unrealistic targets is that if you don't hit them, you'll then start taking lower quality setups in an attempt to hit them, and that's going to hit your profitability. Um, because at the end of the day one of the most important things you have to do as a trader is wait you have to wait for the setup um, and not trade until you get the setup um, if you feel you have to be trading all the time or if you've got unrealistic targets that you feel you won't make unless you are trading all the time the reality is you're probably not gonna make any targets at all right I agree with that let me answer this question that was just asked real quick Tony your risk and spot lines seem to be separated by approximately one-tenth of one percent do you plot these based on yesterday's close Steve these spots and risk markers are based on my analysis of the NQ just a little background I don't want to get too 
in depth, but a little background on how I came about trading the NQ. I was an ES trader, okay? And I'm kind of, you know, impatient. Um, I got a little discouraged with my ES trading and I went over to the NQ and I just happened to hit one out of the park, dumb luck. And I, it was like a 20 handle trade. So I set out to replicate that and I fell flat on my face only until I started to do autopsies on these losers. Like I would chase stuff like this and then I would get stopped out and then I, and only to see it come back. Well, I would see, I would take these autopsies and I would create lines and I, and I would do so in chunks of 10 handles. If you notice, most of my spots are 10 handles between each other. But the other thing you'll notice is every risk marker is on a two handle. So all I've done, Steve and everybody, is analyzed how this thing trades, patterns in price in relation to the 10 handle block, and I expand it over to the 100 handle block, okay? So I've got spots and, and risk markers for the entire 100 handles, they never change. They're not a formula, they're not like a pivot formula, they're not based on any percentage of, of a close, they never change. Through contract role, it doesn't matter. They never change. Okay, so I hope that answers your question. I'm, I'm a, I, I like to keep it simple. If you can see, I mean, look at my chart, guys. I don't use indicators. I don't use anything. I am a price guy, and I all I do is read price on a bar-for-bar bar analysis based on these levels. That's it. I know when one marker breaks, coming from a spot, it's going to open the spot below. I don't do a lot of trading in, in between the spots. I get long on tests from above. I take risk out into the nearest point of resistance. And if I get stopped out on the runner, then I, the deck is cleared and I can get ready for the next setup. And by the way, I do get stopped a lot. But when we catch a runner, like here, for instance, this, this was called in the, in the room. We got long the 77. We got risk out into this 82. It breaks the marker, opens the 88. And I chose to just take a plus 10 here into this 88. It ripped another 20 handles. So this is the definite, you know, this is the definition of a runner. This is when you want to keep a runner. I mean, I think we can all raise our hands and say we've all held on to losers much longer than we should have and much longer than we've ever held on to a winner. Watching chart, this chart and price in relation to these levels will keep you in trades much longer to uh, capture the bulk of the move. All right, I'm going to take it back and I'm going to get, I got some questions left over from early. So I'm going to, I want to get through those. And then any other questions that come up, guys, just keep, um, just keep asking away. So let's see, I've got, um, Dave wanted me to share my ES calls today. Well, we got short, we got short the 99, uh, 2500 area. And then we got long the move down to 92, around 94. That was basically the day. I mean, that's pretty much what we did today. Um, let's see, Manu, what's up, buddy? Uh, when you look over the last few months, up to 12 months ago, what tools or levels have worked well for day trading and would have not been as consistent, especially on the best days? Pivots, uh, proprietary moving average, VWAP, uh, the clock system that, that we use, bands. I would say this. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, our proprietary levels, upper level and lower level, um, VWAP has worked very well over the last 12 months. Very, very well. VWAP, 
our proprietary moving average and the five minute mid band in conjunction with each other on most days have worked very well. They kind of got sliced and diced a lot today. They didn't really price didn't really want anything to do with them, just like anything else. You know, um, the um, the 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 clock system that we use has been better. I would say it was better six, nine months ago than it has been during calendar year 2017. But I think that's a function of the lack of volatility that we've seen throughout uh, bits and pieces of 2017, although it worked pretty well in the summer. Um, I've, I'm always very partial um, to daily bands as kind of a larger um, indicator of where we are. But for me, the number one has been weekly pivot, weekly pivot. Weekly pivot, weekly pivot, weekly pivot. And it won't work forever. Things come, things go. But that has been, um, it's been a good one lately. Um, somebody asked me if there was going to be a recording available. Yeah, this whole thing's being recorded. You will get an email. I will email you the link to the recording uh, tonight, tomorrow morning at the latest. Uh, is the weekly pivot proprietary or is it on TradeStation? Brian, you can, here, you want to do it? Here's how you do it. It's, it's a very simple calculation. I have some proprietary tweaks that I use on mine, but you don't have to. You take a week, or you take a day, or you take a month. You take the high for the week, day, month, the high for the period, the low for the period, the close of the period. You add them together, and you divide by three. That's it. High plus low plus close divided by three, and you're home. That's it. Uh, it's really as simple as that. I mean, it's as simple as that. Any charting program, I, TradeStation will absolutely have it. A any charting program that purports to be a charting program should have it. I mean, if it doesn't, then you need to get a new one. Uh, um, when you speak of sell rallies or buy dips, what markers do you use to determine if it's just a rip or a dip and not something bigger? Oh, I love this question. Uh, really putting a stop too close becomes my issue. Okay, I love this question. Okay, we, we use stops in the room, but we use them as larger backups to any particular trade setup that we're calling. And we recommend five handles, okay? So say we have a short setup uh, with a risk marker of 2,500. That's what we had this morning, okay? Um, a risk marker is not a stop. A risk marker is a level that we're looking at that needs to be converted in order to tell us that the trade is probably wrong and we need to think about an exit strategy and i'll explain it to you guys the way i explained it in the room this morning because i had to break 2500 because the bulls were screwing around too much up top and i had to do that while i was still short uh 97.75 which was a lousy entry on my part i love it when i have the worst entry in the room and i had the worst entry in the room this morning there were, everybody else was in at like 99 and that's fine look if, if i if i'm the only person with a bad entry i'm having a great day so we use risk markers because the mini likes to probe key areas, whether that's weekly pivot, round number, a daily mid band, VWAP, whatever happens to be important at that particular time. Okay. So we use a risk marker. A risk marker has to be converted, not touched. Okay. If you use risk markers at stop, as stops, I say this to new folks that come in. If you use them as stops, then you're going to get stopped out 
and then the market's going to go back in the direction that you thought it was going to go in the first place. And you're going to find yourself out of the market while the trade you were in would have been making money. I would imagine this is something if you guys trade the mini a lot, this probably has happened to you. Maybe it happened to you today. Maybe it happens to you every day. And what I will tell you is one of the things that, that we pride ourselves on is being able to tell people where they're wrong. The number one thing about being a trader, whether you are a day trader, swing trader, trend trader, or I mean position, whatever, whatever moniker you want to give yourself, the number one key to surviving in this business is knowing where you are wrong. And if, you know, my number one job I say to people is to keep you out of trouble. The number one way I can keep you out of trouble is to give you a risk marker that works. So we had two risk markers in the room today. 2,500 and 92. They could never get back to 92. That's why we were long 94s until 3:45 in the afternoon. Uh, 2,500. We had to, you know, we had to break it, but we talked through it while while it was broken, and we ended up staying in the trade, and we ended up doing very well um, because while it was converted, they couldn't keep it converted. Yesterday, our risk marker was 2,500. It went up and kissed it and died. Um, you can. I'll back that out. So yesterday morning, our risk marker was right here, 2,500. Kiss and goodbye. Yesterday was a fun morning. Um, so we, I love risk markers. And the reason I love risk markers is because I went for a lot of years and I used stops. And stops, they just pick your pocket in this stuff. They pick your pocket, they do it consistently. And the best way to overcome that is to have an idea of where a trade is right versus wrong. And if it's wrong, the mini typically gives you a chance to mitigate your being wrong. And in case it doesn't, that's what the disaster stop is for. Okay. Um, how often do we take disaster stops? Not very often. It happens. I mean, if you trade, that stuff's going to happen. And then it's, you know, all about how, how you bounce back. Um, so I hope that answers your question, uh, Jay Jones. Anybody else have questions? If not, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Jack. It's 4:54. I don't want to go past 5:15. I I always try to keep these to an hour because I don't want people to become bored uh, with us with us droning on about different stuff. So if you have more questions, please post them. I'll do one more answering session on questions at the end. But I want to let Jack have at it with regard to oil and gold, and then we'll circle back for more questions. So if you have questions for me. You have questions for Tony. If you have questions for, for for Jack, this is the time because in about 10 minutes we're going to go through and answer them one more time. So Jack, how about oil? What do you think? You ready? Throw it over. All right, here it comes. All right. Now hang on, just check everyone to see my screen. Right, now, where are we on oil? I'm just showing you the bigger picture chart here, um, just to, well, this is the really big, uh, this is the monthly chart, and back here, at the start of 2016, I was talking about the possible support we were going to get at 26, and if we saw support there, I was saying that this was a, a huge um, falling wedge, um, and that the next big target within the wedge, and this is the sort of target you expect to reach in um, X number of years later, um, would be um, wedge resistance, um, which is currently in the approximately the 85 area. 
Now, that sounds a bit ambitious, but I had someone asking me um, a few days ago, did I think that it was possible that um, oil could get back to 62? And I said, yeah, uh, here, right here, I was forecasting it would get back to, I think at the time it was in the 90s. Um, yeah, it was, it's um, 96 or something. So that's coming down, time is passing. I think what's happening here is that we have, I'm looking at a channel here, we had a wedge, it's broken down, lovely bull flag consolidation. I'm expecting at least a move to 55.24 and the next big target we've got, um, it's um, which standard set is 62. Why is 62 significant? Because that's a possible IHS neckline and it was the high of this rally here. So oil's going to be a fun one to trade. Now it could be that we're going to see a breakdown and if we saw a breakdown through 45 then this channel would be compromised and I think we'd probably be heading to the same sort of target but maybe by another route. Um, short term though, um, this is going to be one of the most interesting things to, um, to trade on the route up to Christmas and I think we are going to be looking in an upswing into the 62 area after which we're looking for some retracement and at that stage we're probably going to go and we're going to go and do this um, um, resistance trend line sometime next year or early in 2019. Um, very, very interesting. It's um, and we're going to be watching that one quite closely. We should be at the moment. We're on an upswing, and we're probably going to retrace a bit and come back and test um, test support, and then we're going to do an up, another upswing, and then we'll probably have a um, a modest retracement and continue. That's going to be a nice one, and we're trading that quite a lot. US dollar. Um, US dollar. This is this has been a performer of the year, and um, um, Stan and I actually, I think we were talking back in 2014 or 15 about a target area, 103.5 to 107.5 for this move up on the dollar. We got 103.82, and we have come down. Now this is going to be a big move down. It's not likely to have finished. Um, we're likely to do mid 80s, and it's possible we're going to break down from there and do 70s. In the short term, though, and for the um, trading trading the next three or four months, we are likely to see a rally. Um, I've got a 60 minute buy signal, which is actually fixed today, um, which is great. Um, and I'd already had a weekly buy signal on the RSI 5, which had fixed last week. Um, what are we looking at here? Well, this is a price and time thing. So obviously, these this is a declining resistance target, and obviously, it's falling. So the further along we hit it, um, oh, hang on, yeah. The further along we hit it, then the lower it's going to be. But at the moment, the target trend line that I would really like to see hit is currently at about 96.75. We are talking about a possible high at Christmas, which would actually put it down in about 94.5 area. But I think we are bottoming out, maybe. Um, I've got a couple of IHS necklines um, here, but these are one, established levels, but two, um, these are levels um, which would be important mainly if we were doing a faster move, which would hit this at a higher level. But again, dollar is going to dollar is likely to be in a counter trend rally for months now, um, and that is going to be a very interesting trade um, over the rest of the year. Hang on, let's have a look at gold. What's happening on gold? Now we get a lot of noise and there's Gartman and this, that, and the other. But basically, the bottom line is this is the um, this is the falling wedge. Are two alternate trend lines because the trend line changed and then that's broken up too. And we have. This is the bear market falling wedge from 2011. It's broken up. 
um, on the bigger picture we're bottoming out and I think there's a pretty significant chance and I've seen people have started writing about this but I've been watching it for months there's a pretty significant chance that this is an IHS forming now I saw it being talked about today as a possible cup with handle which I don't think it is um, I think this is an IHS but I mean all they've done is they've just ignored the um, left shoulder so on that but but again we are one either um, we could see a deeper retracement here and I've got a case for that on this chart here um, and this would provide the best opportunity if this plays out but we've got this rising megaphone got a breakdown I've got a perfect rising megaphone um, from this low here um, it, in um, December 2016 and I think we might be heading back to test the um, Rising, um, rising megaphone support trend line. If we do, we're going to see a move down to the 12.35, 12.45 area, and then chances are we're going to see the next leg up. And the next leg up is really important because the next leg up should get us to the um, IHS neckline. Now, if this IHS breaks up and this level converts, that's going to see us on a pretty serious bull run, which would have a target in the um, in the early 1700s. Um, I think that might well deliver. Um, I haven't really been looking at the geopolitics. I don't really do fundamentals. Um, certainly, I can see a few fundamental things around which could give gold a push. But I do notice that actually, if um, the, the technicals are saying that um, it's going to be declining, and the fundamentals, you know, there's some news which would usually push it up further if it's going up. It tends to just go down anyway. So <laughs> we shall see. I think the news is overrated in terms of its importance. But here is the overall picture. Again, very nice. We've got um, a very nice setup here. Overall bull move. This is likely to be pretty interesting over the rest of the year. All right. Um, shall we look at bonds? Sure. Yeah, we got a couple minutes. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Bonds, again, another interesting trade. However, this is TNX. Now, I tend to use a, a variety of things to uh, plot bonds. This is TNX, and this is 10-year bond yields. Um, this is one of the most effective ways to um, to track it. And what we've been doing on the bigger picture, again, this is a bit like um, this is a bit like gold, except the the patterns are larger. Um, this is a sh this is a short-term bond move, um, and I've got this starting in 2007. This is the bond bear market, um, and um, sorry, bull market in um, prices, bear market in yields on um, on TNX, and this is a decline which started in the early 80s. And what we're looking at here is a double bottom forming, and this is probably, um, assuming this bottom holds, which I think it's going to, um, we're likely to be in a bull market on bond yields and a bear market in bonds for the next two decades. You know, historically speaking, um, bond markets go back. 150 years. The bull and bear markets last decades, unlike the rest of the market. What are we doing here? Well, what we're doing here is we have seen a move off the low. Um, that's broken support, and we are forming a clear bull flag. That bull flag is starting to break up. Um, so I think we're in the bottoming process here for another leg up. Again, this is going to this is going to dominate bonds for probably most of the next year. Um, because on the bigger picture, we're looking at a move up to double bottom resistance here, which is 30.36. And this, and again, it's a move that will take years, um, but um, probably you know, three or four years or something. On a breakup and a conversion of this support, this should add up to 4.7. This is going to be a very interesting move. And this bond short and bond yields long is going to be one of the most interesting trades in the next few months. Um, again, <clears throat> it's maturing and we're watching it closely. All right. Um, all right, let me take it back. Uh, the one question I did get was, do we use volume profile in our analysis? Yes, we do. 
I, I, I am not a volume profile guy, but we have a couple people in the room who are, um, and they, they provide volume profile analysis for us every day. Uh, Todd, uh, has been with me for, uh, he's, he's basically been with me since the beginning, since before there was a Princeton trader, kind of like Tony and Jack. Um, and he's a, he's a big volume profile guy. We've got a couple other subscribers that are in there. Uh, Barry comes to mind who use volume profile. So that's definitely part of what we do. And the way we use it is when it matches up with a lot of other things, a lot of the other things that I use or that Jack uses, you know, Jack has buy and sell signals and I have proprietary levels. When it all matches up, we tend to find a, an area that we can lean on either long or short to come up with a, with a really productive trade. So just to kind of bring this all full circle, I really wanted to give everybody out there an opportunity to see just what the different aspects of are of, of what we do on a daily basis. We're calling ES trades, we're calling NQ trades, we're talking about oil, we're talking about gold, we're talking about different things that are short-term or long-term, but just to get back to the fall season, the volatility is picking up. We are seeing an inability to make new all-time highs. We are seeing the beginnings of resistance at the weekly pivot. And what this is all gonna come back to potentially is a showdown uh, at the daily mid band, and that's gonna be high noon for this market. And it can decide whether it wants to be a buy dips market or a sell rallies market. And then we hone in on a day-to-day -day basis based upon our levels and the other, you know, the other things. And it's just the stuff you see on this chart that tells us on a very micro level what the next little building blocks are on a macro level to keep us on the right side of the trade. Because one of the things I like to say is the freeway is either northbound or southbound. And as long as we're on the right side of the freeway, it's gonna be pretty hard to get run over, all right? You just have to kind of figure out where, where you're right or wrong and you know get a decent entry and, and respect the risk marker when it doesn't work. And as long as you're doing those things, you're gonna find yourself on the side of the trade that, that you wanna be on consistently. So, um, if anybody has any other questions, please post them now. I just uh, want to add, add something to that. It's, it's just that um, direction actually on a very fundamental level doesn't matter. Um, it really doesn't. You have to be flexible. You have to you have to always accept that price makes the final decision. Um, you can forecast. I do forecast a lot. And um, by the end of the day, if it goes the other way, you have to be able to prepare to switch quickly and never be married to a scenario. Um, the reality is if you want to support a side, um, and I, I was... Uh, this is something I always think about um, conviction bulls and bears. They're treating it as though it's a team sport, and it's not. Um, it's just about you and the market and whether or not you're on the right side of the market and you're making money. That's all that matters. Um, everything else is just tools. Um, and at the end of the day, if, you're, if you feel you're a conviction bear and you want the market to go down, then you know, you're misplacing things that you should be directing towards you know, your favorite sports team, towards the market. At the end of the day, the market just does what it does, and you need to make money out of it. And that is what it's all about. Closer to the general chat, we have a free suggestion box that we use for our members because we always want, we want constant feedback. We want to, you know, every day we want to be the best room we can be. So if there's a, a webinar topic that you want done, if there's something that, that we could be doing on, you know, on updates or whatever, you know, uh, shoot us a suggestion. Uh, we'll take a look at it. And we've come up with some really fantastic ways to make what we do 
even better from our suggestion box. We've, we've worked really hard on uh, kind of honing in on where we think people should have their entries relative to risk markers. We find that that does a better job of keeping people out of trouble. It keeps them from chasing stuff they shouldn't be chasing. It tells them when they should be getting involved quicker than maybe they feel like getting involved. So that was one of the great things that came out of our suggestion box. Um, so in the future, we're going to try to do one of these at least at a minimum every other week. You're, you're going to get me talking about volatility levels, my five-minute chart, some of the other things that we look at. We're going to get Tony back to talk about NQ in depth. Uh, uh, Jack and I will do some stuff together. Maybe we can encourage, you know, we'll, we'll you know, it's going to be, this is going to be, a lot of this is going to be directed by you guys. I used to do a Q&A every Wednesday afternoon. I may get back to just doing that as well. Uh, but I really want, we really want to step up the education here and we really want to emphasize, I've always said for years, please don't trade in a vacuum. Please don't trade in a vacuum. Um, you know, and that's a good point, Barry. We don't talk politics in here. It's a, this is a, this is a room that talks about the tape. The only time we talk about politics is when the politic was when politics directly references the tape and then we discuss it and it's done. So this is not a room where this is our room is not a Yahoo message board. It's not. This is not one of these $29 or $99 rooms where everybody comes in and trolls everybody else. It is an educational environment. It's a professional environment. It's you know, it's a it, we you know, we have people that have been with us for a very long time. And I see a lot of people. I see a lot of old friends out here, too. Um, you know, uh, uh, Terry, Wade, Scott Smalley, uh, you know, hey guys, you know, just, you know, once, once you're a Princeton trader folk, you know, we, you know, Manu, Joni, you know, a lot of old friends here, Heather Martin, how you doing? So for us, you know, this is all, this is about making you guys better. And, you know, this is about our door always being open and, you know, um, we try to keep it very professional. We try to keep it very price-based because that's whether you're talking about me, whether you're talking about Tony or you're talking about Jack, it's all about price for us. Um, and because we find that price and risk is the number way, one way to keep people out of trouble and to keep people headed in the general correct direction in any particular market. So um, thanks, Barry. The chat, right. no, the chat is not read-only. We are a web-based chat room. It's accessible by any mobile device. Uh, we also have what you see here, Dave, is this is the screen share that we have on GoToWebinar. So we have two things going on every day. You've got the GoToWebinar, which a lot of people put either on their phone or their tablet or whatever, and they can hear the audio all day and they can get the calls. That This is a picture of the chat room. Additionally, you have the chat room itself, which you can log into, and it's a chat room. You're in. It's web-based. We used to be software-based. That's all over now. We are web-based. We are Apple-friendly. We are mobile-friendly. We are, you know, we are completely out there. Uh, you, can, you can access it through your phone. You can access it on a computer, tablet, whatever, Mac, PC, Android, whatever. And that you can type into, type questions, and interact with me and Jack and, and Tony, you know, all day long. Uh, you can private sidebar on there. Um, it's, you know, it's fully fully functional. We post we post charts on there. Uh, there's the ability to do audio on there. There's the ability to um, to put files on there for for members to read. So we have two things: uh, the go to webinar, uh, which we the audio is our number one tool. 
I think that that has really taken us to another level. And the way we use it is it's not radio for instant trader. We're not in your ear all day long. We're in your ear consistently, but we are not going to just bug you with random stuff. It's, it's very, um, it is very, um, critically based, you know, this is what we're seeing and why, and this is what it is. And this is, this is where we are and this is where risk is. So it's focused. Yeah. And it's very focused. Let me, let me chime in here. More importantly, guys, we are not gurus. Okay. So you're not going to come in and shadow trade. We're not going to, that's not the service we provide. It's truly a learning environment. So we, we arm you with the strategy, with the rules, and then we have actionable trade data throughout the day. And again, it's in the spirit of creating and capturing that day done situation. So if the goal is for a day and that's what you come in here for and you accomplish that five days a week, yeah. then you know obviously our job is done. We have a so, lot of members that have day jobs. They come in. They do their four, they go to work. So, I mean, you know, I always, I always say the room is $299 a month and people go $299 a month. I mean, you do, yeah, without it. It's like, well, think about it for a minute. If you trade three contracts on the ES, which is what I recommend people do because we trade in thirds. What I, what basically what we're asking for is two handles a month. You keep the rest. We just want to. So if you think about it in those terms, it's, you know, it's a pretty affordable room. Hey, Heather, what's up? Hi, Mike. I've been trading for. I haven't. I haven't been trading for quite a few months, and I'm seriously wanting to get back at it again. I'm always drawn back to you because your system has always worked for me. Thanks, Heather. Hey, come on back in. Shoot me an email. Let's get you back in. Let's get you going. Everybody would love to see you, and uh, you know, love to have you in the room. Love to have you back. Okay. Any other questions? Sitting at 58 minutes. I love it. We're gonna do one of these again. We're gonna do these again. I'm going to be bugging you guys with these all the time. So if you don't follow us on, on Twitter, I'm at Princeton Trader. Tony is at Tony Rago, R-A-G-O. Jack is at Spring Hill. What is it? Spring Hill is S-H. It's S-H Jack Charts. S-H Jack Charts. Uh, you can also check him out on channelsandpatterns.com. Check him out on theautochart.net. Him and Stan do some fad, fantastic stuff with swing, with, uh, swing trading and longer term stuff. Um, and, uh, Stan and Jack also provide a weekly, uh, uh, chart chat webinar to our members on Wednesday mornings. That is uh, a really fantastic value add for us. So, and, uh, we, you know, Tony and I do midday updates. I do the webcast every morning on, on YouTube. And I'm sure, I'm sure all of you have watched at least one of those. If you haven't come watch me tomorrow, any other questions? So I will get the recording out tonight, tomorrow morning at the latest. And I would love to have people come and check us out. We do a two-week free trial, and I would uh, I would love to meet each and every one of you. Uh, for those of you that uh, uh, we haven't seen in a while, um, shoot me an email, talk to me, let me know what you're up to. I would love to get you uh, get you back with us. All right. No, doesn't seem like any other questions. Thank you all very much for attending. We're really happy to get back doing this again. We will do it again. Have a fantastic night. Uh, I will catch everybody in the morning on the webcast. Uh, and uh, for all the subscribers, Jack, Tony, and I will be back at it first thing tomorrow morning. Have a fantastic evening. Thanks, Take guys. Take care, everyone. Yep. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, T. See you, guys. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. All right. Have a good night, everybody.